Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everyone, Rodolfo Roman of the Roman Show, February 4th. Today we welcome Chavo Guerrero of Lucha Underground to the Roman Show, who talks about the influence that his uncle, Eddie Guerrero, had on professional wrestling and how it impacted his career. Also on today's show, Thomas of the hardcore death metal band from Sweden at the gates will be in the show or participate in the show about and talk about their upcoming tour. They hit Fort Lauderdale February 9th. This plus much more on the Roman show, which starts right now. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. GNC, we're going. Tell me, go. Control, go. 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 We are going. Network, go. Discovery, go. Capcom, we're going. Fly. Launch control, this is Houston. We are going to launch. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. I'm your host, Rodolfo Roman. Another episode here of The Roman Show, bringing you the most exclusive content that you can find on the net. You know our saying, if you have been on, you have not been heard. Well, this is February 4th. This episode kicks off uh, with... Two interviews, one with Chavo Guerrero, who is a part of Lucha Underground, the former WWE, TNA, uh, I believe he even had a stint in ECW, and obviously he wrestled overseas in Mexico uh, and in other parts, like in Japan. Needless to say, we sit down one-on-one with Chavo Guerrero to talk about his career and the impact that his uncle, the late Eddie Guerrero, had on professional wrestling. I mean, it's you see it all the time on television. Every now and then, you'll get an Eddie, Eddie, Eddie chant in memory of the late Eddie Guerrero. So we ask him why this happens. Why is it that ten years after his death, people still remember him? We've lost several professional wrestlers, but none has left a major impact like Eddie Guerrero. So we speak to him one on one during the Legends of Wrestling event, which took place. Down here in Miami, which right now you can actually see one of our interviews, which uh, my co-host George Alonzo had with uh, Mick Foley. He interviews Mick Foley and how he would love for his daughter Noelle to somehow, some way, be a part of WWE. So check that out on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash rroman0201. Or you can just visit the website theromanshow.com. Again, special shout out to TMZ Sports for picking up our interview with Kurt Angle that aired last week, and uh, we were all over the uh, the United States there on Fox Sports One. So thanks very much for that. And uh, also on today's show, we will have Thomas of At the Gates here on the program to talk about their upcoming tour. And there's a lot of tours this coming uh, year. Actually, the few, first few months of the year. You got Fort Rock, April 30th and May 1st. That's in Fort Myers. Uh, I mean, you have the Carolina Rebellion heading out on May 6th, 7th, and 8th. 
You have so many concerts. You have Megadeth coming. Uh, you have ACDC. They're going to be in South Florida in March. So many great lineups. You got that, the big news at Guns N' Roses. We're going to reunite and hit the road. We still have not heard yet if they're going to hit an arena uh, or whatnot. But listen, rock and roll is alive and well. And it's just a matter of time till one of your favorite bands hits the road and comes to your neck of the woods. Either way, we're going to speak to Thomas, like I said, uh, with uh, at the gates. And I sit down and talk to him about music in general, not just death metal, which, of course, death metal in Sweden is huge. But how much of an impact, like, people like David Bowie, who just passed away, Lemmy from Motorhead, who passed away, uh, in one way, shape, or form, these artists have impact musicians whether it be in the artistic side or in the musical side. They've all played a role. And Thomas explains how he actually got the opportunity of meeting Lemmy in one instance. He'll go in and explain detail for detail how that encounter uh, played out. But right now we're going to kick it to sports briefly and talk some mixed martial arts as this is MMA Showdown. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to The Showdown. Well, there's a lot of things happening in the world of mixed martial arts. First and foremost, Benson Henderson, after he defeated George Masvidal overseas in Korea, actually, he stated that perhaps, or actually did a gesture where fighters take out their gloves, signalizing that is their retirement. However, he did not retire. He's still in the game. However, he was a free agent. Needless to say, he went to UFC. UFC offered him something. However, Bellator's offer was a lot better. An offer that he could not refuse. Especially with money. So, he did say that the UFC uh, did offer him a good opportunity. However, Bellator just blew him away with the financial contract and other intangibles. One of them being the whole Reebok deal. Many of the fighters are just very upset with this whole Reebok deal and how the fighters cannot get any sponsorship on their own. And this is one way or one reason why Benson Henderson was motivated or inspired to head over and jump ship over Bellator. Now this is huge because this could be a trend. Another free free agent that you have is Alistair Overeem. He's another guy that could be jumping ship. I mean, I'll be honest with you, you know. But Benson has Henderson. He is a good fighter. Could he win the championship again in, in the lightweight division, or uh, perhaps in another division? Maybe. He's he's a good fighter. He's very exciting. But the UFC is what it is. I mean, they have the best of the best pound for pound fighters. You can't get any better than that. You know, Alistair Overeem. Sure, he just knocked out. JDS, I'll give you that. But does he have that it factor when it comes to championship material at this late in his age? Maybe. But, you know, the UFC just gives an opportunity to the best fighters in town, in the world. I mean, you can't get any better than the UFC. And I hate to say it, but Bellator is picking up former UFC guys who had a huge impact or had a huge run in the UFC and then little by little were washed away because of age or 
what not be. I mean, let's be honest here. The, the age of a fighter or the prime of a fighter is between what? 25, uh, 32, and you're pushing it? So you really need to consider that. So Bellator is just picking up these guys that at one point they were beast in the octagon. Hence, Benson Henderson. He's a perfect uh, example. But then you have main events like Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie. And I'll do respect to both of these men. I mean, they, they are talented. They are veterans. They basically pioneered the sport. And then you have fights like Dada 5000 versus Kimbo Slice. My respect to both of those men. They're trying to do their best, trying to, to make themselves something uh, out of Bellator. But you can't compare that competition to the UFC. You just cannot. You really cannot. I'm a five fan, and I don't care whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you were a star, or whether you are not a star. I love to fight plain and simple. However, just the caliber that the UFC producer is at another level, and you can't compare that. Now, if, say, a Conor McGregor decides to not re-sign with the UFC after his contract is doing jump ship to Bellator, say, in a couple of months, that is a major, major deal because here's a guy who the UFC basically built and then moves on to Bellator bringing on that fame and that name that will be huge of course McGregor will not be tested as good as he is or is going to be in the UFC so it'll be interesting how this plays out uh, Dana White he was cool with Benson Henderson no no pun intended no pun intended nothing wrong with him you know he respected his decision and it is what it is. They parted ways. But essentially, Benson Henderson did want to retire in the UFC. However, it just didn't turn out that way. And at the end of the day, it really does come down to money. Either way, now switching gears, Chris Weidman versus Luke Rockhold. Well, it's going to happen again in June. It was verified by UFC President Dana White. Rockhold will be putting up his title against Weidman in a rematch after Rockhold destroyed Weidman in December. What's going to happen there? Well, I mean, it's a, fair, it's a fair deal. It's a fair share of a fight. Because originally, the one who was supposed to fight Luke Rockhold was Yoel Romero. However, he has been flagged for a potential USADA doping violation. Therefore, his future is, a, is, is uncertain. And then, you got... Ronaldo Sosa, Jacare. And Jacare, he lost to Romero. And then there were other plans that Jacare was going to fight Vitor Belfort. The winner of that will then take on Luke Rockhold. However, we're going to see the rematch between Chris Weidman and Luke Rockhold. In my opinion, I think we're going to see the same thing that we saw in the first fight. I give this fight to Luke Rockhold. Well, other news. John Jones and Cormier, Daniel Cormier. To, for the belt, for the title, the light heavyweight title will be on the line. Cormier's title, that is. And John Jones is back. He's back and he wants his belt back. And essentially, President Dana White has said that the fight will happen in April. We don't know of a location yet, but that is what is going to be scheduled, or is that's in the plans. That is what is, they, they are suggesting that this fight will take place in 
April. John Jones versus Daniel Cormier. So we got some great matchups there, and we can't forget about the huge fight coming up in March with Conor McGregor and Rafael Dos Anjos. With well, that's that, my friends, it's going to be something to die for. Well, we're going to go ahead and welcome now Thomas of At The Gates here on The Roman Show. Again, we got a lot of musical acts coming to town here in South Florida, starting with At The Gates this coming weekend, or this coming week, February 9th, in Fort Lauderdale at Revolution Live. So stay tuned for that. And ticket information is on our website, attheromanshow.com. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roman 201 Here's Thomas of At The Gates. Monster Energy Ford Rock returns to JetBlue Park in Fort Myers, Florida. Oh. April 30th and May 1st with Rob Zombie. Shine down. Fighting a death punch. Three doors down. Bring you the horizon. And day to remember. And more. Tickets and VIP packages are on sale now. For four, head to FordRockFestival.com. Fueled by Monster Energy Drake. Well, welcome everyone to the Roman Show. Uh, your host here, Rodolfo Roman. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Roman Show. It's a pleasure to welcome. Uh, well, this band, very, very, very popular. They are back, and it's been a long time, but they are coming back to Florida. We're talking about Death Metal Band at the gates hitting Revolution Live February 9th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And on the line, it's a pleasure to have Thomas of the At the Gates. How are you, Thomas? Welcome to the Roman Show. I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. It, it's, it's been a long time. We were talking about this previously. It's been a long time since you hit up uh, Florida, the States. Uh, of course, you guys were away for some time. Now you're back with a new album. How, how does it feel to come back here to the States on this tour? It's going to be great, man. I mean, we did um, the one leg, uh, so to say, the Decibel tour in March and April uh, last year. Uh, but we weren't able logistically to, to hit all the places with that one. So we were told, you know, we have to come back to some of the, you know, the major cities in the South as well for another one. And uh, here we are, and we've got this great package with us with the Cafeteria, the Haunt, and Haunt's Way. I think it's going to be a great show. And, you know, as I said, we haven't been in Florida since 95, 96, you know. It's, uh, yeah, uh, which is a shame. And uh, I'm glad that we're finally making it up right now. Yeah, Florida, you know, we, we've had some uh, our fair share of death metal and metal bands out here. So it, it, it's about time we get you back down here. Now, yeah. I, and and you tell me back. Do you recall that back back then when you were here for the in, in Florida the last time? Uh, with the Gates, it, it was a long time ago, but I, I remember some. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, we we had a great time. We were there with um, Robert Angel first, and then with Nathan Death. I think we came down as well. Um, but it is a long time ago. It it's more about, but more than uh, what twenty years? Jesus, it's been a long time, but. Here we are, 2015. We're getting you guys back. Uh, a lot of stuff on your uh, on your plate, including, of course, a new album and also a documentary that celebrates the 20th anniversary of Slaughter of the Soul uh, album, which was recently released. Uh, that documentary in itself uh, has has been a hit. Many people talking about it. How, how has been the reaction on your end? Great. 
I mean, we are so fortunate to be able to work with these people. I mean, they're they're so professional. Uh, the Banger Films, uh, the Banger TV, and, and they're, they're amazing people. They're metalheads. They're real fans, but they also know what they're doing. They're really, you know, they're they're uh, they're, they're professionals. You know, they're more professional than us. <laughs> <laughs> so we are really excited that they made made that movie, and you know, they were very eager that you know we were going to be happy with it, that we could be stand behind it as well, and we definitely can. It's a, it's a great compliment to you know to the new record with the documentary about the last record before that one. I think it's a great thing. Great, and the new record out. Uh, at War with Reality right now on sale you can purchase that and uh, obviously with the tour coming around here in the, in the states but your 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 tale of the band is something phenomenal you had been away for more than 10 years and then you guys decide to come back and put this uh, this album together during that time it's a long period it wasn't like if it was one or two or three years but how was the communication with the band and what sparked up you guys to say hey let's do a record and let's hit the let's hit the road I think it basically, you know, we we started with the reunion, you know, the, in two thousand seven and eight. Mm-hmm. You know, we that where we, you know, we thought, you know, we we want to go make a closure for the band, you know, because we ran out, you know, like uh, we almost imploded back in the nineties. So we really felt that you know we should um, give it a good end, you know, and that just turned out to be so magical. So we didn't want we didn't want it to end afterwards. So the only thing to be to be true to ourselves and the fans was to continue. And after a while, the thought grew up, grew on us that you know we are on, on the top of our game here. You know we're you know we're really sounding better than ever. The old songs have got new life. You know from us being you know uh, better musicians and playing more live and stuff like that. So we just felt why not to why not just at least try. You know we, we, if it doesn't come out the way we want to, we can just say. And I, I remember speaking to some, another band a member that you know some some bands they do year every year they'll do a, uh, an album or every two years they'll do an album but some bands they take a pretty lengthy period of time away and when they come back yeah. it's like they started all over again and you get new good material would you say that's the same for you guys? Definitely. I mean, I thought it was you know I think it's a standout moment in, in our career. Uh, Maybe even you know in, in extreme metal, like to be able to be away for so long and then come back and and, and have this almost like success with it. I mean, we are very fortunate to have such uh, patient fans and the fans that really, you know, I get the feeling that they want this record to be as good as we want it to be. You know, so they really embraced it and and truly tried to understand what we were trying to do with it as well. Um, and I guess. Because we have been, you know, active in other projects, in, in our absence as at the gates, I think it was easier for us to come back in a way because we knew how to write songs, we knew how to, you know, rehearse, be in rehearsal room, between to be in the studio. All of this was not something that hadn't gone away. We just hadn't, hadn't done it as at the gates for quite some time. So it, it was just uh, an enormous joy to do it. Actually, we had fun. Tom, I'd like to get your opinion, you know, in the, in the world of metal, in the world of rock, we've lost some greats. Uh, most recently, we lost Lemmy. Heck, we even lost David Bowie. 
these great names yeah. that really uh, opened up or pioneered the game of rock, uh, especially over there in Europe. But what are your thoughts? Losing a great like Lemmy, David Bowie, uh, uh, an artist, a uh, great singer, performer, the whole nine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tragedy, tragedy, isn't it? I mean, and, and the two um, personalities and, and uh, their artistic endeavors are so different to each other as well. I mean, you have Lemmy that kind of never strayed from his formula. He was expecting what he wanted all the time, and he was, you know, the best at being Lemmy in the whole world, the only one that could do that. Um he went for, to Motorhead for, you know, for consistency and for, for quality and, and you know, the, what you could call, you know, the bastard attitude of not giving up. That's what Motorhead gave to us, you know, the, you know, don't let the bastards grind you down kind of thing, you know. Um, he lived his life, you know, as he preached, he lived it too long, you know. I, I guess when he lived his life, he, he must be, like, proud of what he achieved and... and I mean, it was not a big surprise with, with his health issues that, that he went away the way he did, you know. And um, it, it's sad, but I think we should celebrate his life and his, and his gift of music to us more than grieving his, his death, actually. But, I mean, with David Bowie, he was another thing that was more of a shock, you know. He was he was uh, always pushing boundaries musically and artistically and uh, even, uh, you know, aesthetically and all, all the time. And, he just released a record like two days before he died, and no one knew he was sick. So that was that was more of a shock, actually, you know. Uh, but that's the same thing there. Let's just celebrate his what, what he did, what, what he gave us instead of grieving. On the road, on the road, in your career, did you encounter any of these grades, of Lemmy or, or Boy or any of these guys? Well, I mean, I, I met Lenny a few times, but I never really, you know, never to the point, you know, so much that I actually even had a conversation with him, you know, more like, you know, said hi, whatever. We had uh, some mutual friends, and people always said that he was uh, a great person. Be happy to feel good. Um, I, I, that's sad that I never just knew him, but I mean, there's, um, like I said, it's a time to uh, think of what he did give to us instead of but he didn't have time to give us. David Bowie, I think, lived in a totally different world from us. <laughs> but I mean, what a great artist, what a, what a great, you know, career he had. That was an amazing thing as well. Really an inspiration. And describe to us here that the folks out here in, in America because we've heard about the, the background, the death metal scene in, in, in Sweden. How is the death metal of a band, a death metal seen in Sweden nowadays. Are there a lot of bands coming out there, new bands coming out uh, that you have witnessed on your own? Well, yeah, there's a lot of good bands coming out and uh, still, uh, but I think, you know, now, more than anything, I think Sweden has, I mean, you look for, you know, if you get a Swedish band, you know that it's going to be quality, usually, you know, because uh, they are very meticulous, meticulous about, you know, <laughs> the way we do things, you know. Uh, but I guess nowadays there's so much other good things in, in the world, you know. Uh, I, I, in a way, it's it's not so. Uh, you know, before it was it was really Florida and Sweden and maybe the UK when he went for death metal. But now nowadays there's so much other stuff happening as well. So I mean, there's more stuff to compete with, I guess, you know. Uh, but this, which I think is a good thing. You 
Gotcha, Thomas. So again, you can pick up the new record out right now at War with Reality and the tour coming up with The Haunted. I mean, you have a great lineup there with The Haunted. You guys, I, this this thing has to be a super-duper phenomenal show up here in Florida and in the rest of the country, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really happy with the, the way the, the, the lineup for the tour came out. I mean, the Catholic is one of those bands that have been pushing boundaries for a long time and always been true to themselves. They're a fantastic band. They've been really, you know, it's, it will be an honor to follow them live every night. And the Haunted, they're friends of ours. They're one of the more consistent bands in the extreme metal underground. And, and Hans Way, which is like one of the up and coming more hardcore metal bands. Uh, that I've heard I put on a hell of a live show as well. So yeah, it, it's it's a killer package, and I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just happy to be part of it. I'm happy to be able to see these other three great bands every night. You know, <laughs> for free. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get any better than that, Thomas. I want to thank you very much for your time. I look forward to seeing you guys in action and the rest of the the uh, the bands on the card. February 9th, Fort Lauderdale on Revolution Live. Do not miss it. Get your tickets right now before it sells out. Thomas, thank you very much for your time. Anything else you want to add? Just um, what you said, you know, uh, thank you very much for your time and uh, thank you everybody for, you know, supporting the band throughout the years and we're so happy to be finally be able to play Florida again. So, yeah, please come out and support and uh, hang out and make it show as memorable as the old shows in the 90s. Great deal. And uh, we'll make sure to start out some really good mosh pits out there for you. Thank you so much, Thomas. Have a great day. The same. Thank you. Okay. And now, it's time to give you a reality check. And now it's time for reality check. George Alonzo joins me up the other end. George, before we talk some pro wrestling... Super Bowl is this weekend. You got the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos. Who are you rooting for? Ooh, tough one. You said it was the Panthers and the Broncos, right? That's right. Billy Manny versus Cam Newton. <laughs> I would have to go for my Panthers, man. Alright. You know, that's what the uh, they're seeing, the numbers. Uh, the, the Panthers are ahead by a couple of points. But... A lot of people want to see Peyton Manny take out this Super Bowl and go out like a champ. You know, he retires, winning the Super Bowl, and that pretty much wraps up his career. But we'll see. It, it seems like it's going to be a pretty good Super Bowl. you yeah. got an offensive team with the Panthers and a defensive team with the uh, Broncos. So it's going to be an interesting one. I think it would be exciting. Anything, anything is better than the New England Patriots being in the Super Bowl. So I am glad that this Super Bowl is happening. Yeah, but Mr. Days. Roman... But, but sorry for interrupting you, Mr. Roman, but uh, who's really paying attention uh, sometimes during the Super Bowl? A lot of people watch the Super Bowl only just for the commercials. Yes. <laughs> Remember when the WWE had a commercial in the Super Bowl during the yep. Attitude Era? Yep. Long time <laughs> I'll never ago. forget it. That was a classic. All right, let's talk some pro wrestling. It's unfortunate news, but we have just found out that Axel Rodden has passed away at the age of 44. He was found dead in his... Uh, he was resident here. Axel Ryan had been in a battle with some injuries, back pain, and so forth. In fact, Chris Jericho went out and promoted or passed the word that he was that Axel Ryan was looking for money to pay for his medical bills. Unfortunately, he has lost his battle with whatever it is. We still don't know exactly 
what is the cause of his death, but unfortunately Axel Ryan is no longer with us. Our prayers are with him. But Axel Ryan, he was a great guy. He teamed up with Boz Mahoney and ECW, and they had a very fun tag team with the balls, balls, sha, shas chants all, all the time. They wrestled. They, you know, they, they really enjoyed themselves. And, you know, here again is, is another situation that we find in professional wrestling where a performer unfortunately loses his battles with somehow, some way, after all of that uh, action that they had inside a squared circle, takes a toll on the person's body, whether it be mentally or physically. And we saw it here clearly with Axel Rodden. Well, Axel, yeah, like you mentioned, he had a great career in ECW, uh, uh, notably for his feud against his own brother uh, at the beginning of ECW. Uh, on top of that, you know, yeah, you're right, teaming with Bald Mahoney, teaming up with also uh, uh, Japan legend Masato Tanaka, uh, you know, as the, the chair sing, uh, swinging freaks mm -hmm. uh, is what they would call themselves. Uh, and of course, like you were saying, the balls, 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 you know, every time they would hit someone, uh, to correct you a little bit, the Shaw belonged to Hack Myers. <laughs> ah, that's right, Hack Myers. But they used the Shaw, though. They used it. The, no, the balls never used the Shaw, Shaw, Shaw. You know, it was always Hack. Hack. Uh, but, but, but basically, uh, you know, it, 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 it was a great long career. As a matter of fact, Axel went on to become a promoter. I don't know if he still you know, ran his promotion or not after a couple of controversies. Uh, but, you know, we lost a great, you know, guy in the business and and many prayers and wishes to the family. Very much so. You will be missed, Mr. Axelrod, and you definitely did a great stuff inside the Squared Circle. And uh, your career, your legendary uh, performances, and your life will forever, ever be in our memories here. And uh, God bless you and your family as well. Well, let's move forward and speak about some, some, some great news. Bret Hart went on Facebook and social media stated that he was battling prostate cancer. And, wow, I mean, what an amazing, uh, I want to say here, people just started supporting him and supporting his fight with cancer. Bret Hart is another guy. He had a stroke. Now he was battling, he's battling cancer. He, he's gone through some stuff. But the good news is, George, that... We just found out that Bret Hart did catch the cancer in time, so he is going to be fine. He'll be able to overcome this thing, and we still got the hitman Bret Hart here in, uh, on Mother Earth. And great stuff. I mean, the support was amazing. Even Madison Square Garden posted an image of Bret Hart saying, We support your fight, Bret Hart. So really good stuff, and shows you how much Bret the Hitman Hart meant to the world, to the, to the world of professional wrestling and entertainment. That, that is very true. Now, I am going to say this because I'm very, you know, opinionated, or if that's even a word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm very realistic when it comes to my opinions and the term reality check of the segment. You know, great that they caught the cancer on time, but don't take cancer lightly either, you know. Don't get me wrong, I still feel like Bret Hart will win this war because Bret Hart is one of those guys that quits. Look at his entire career. Look at his entire life, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you know, suffering through a stroke, getting a concussion, and he's still able to go out there to perform. So, point is, he will win this battle. But just because he caught it on time, just don't take it very lightly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, it, not, because it's cancer, Mr. Roman. You, we could all, you know, quote, 
you know, we've all known someone with cancer, yes. okay? And it's a very hard battle. But if there's anyone that could do it, it's definitely Bret Hart. And, of course, I remember Bret Hart's experiences in the ring. Who would ever forget his match in SummerSlam against Mr. Perfect? Yep. The excellence of execution. And I'm sure that Bret Hart will come back stronger and better after this fight with cancer. Moving forward, you know, WrestleMania is heating up. It, somehow, some way, you got a Burry's fast, fast Lane, which is taking place this month with a three-way dance between Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Dean Ambrose. I, I got to tell you, George, we all know what's going to happen in the main of WrestleMania, although it has not been confirmed, of course, but Fastlane will determine that. But pretty much the speculations or the rumors eventually pretty much turn out to be true that you're going to have Triple H versus Roman Reigns and a special guest of referee. Now, knowing that we know that, wouldn't it be great that if, say, a Dean Ambrose were to win that three-way dance would just totally shock the entire professional wrestling world and I think will make WrestleMania a whole lot exciting because they did not expect that? Heck, I would even put Brock Lesnar against Triple H because no one expected that either. Well, to be honest with you, Mr. Roman, because you, you actually brought up a great point. Yeah, great point, Mr. Roman. I never thought about it because going into WrestleMania season... Think about it. Everyone has a story in that three-way death. Hence why my prediction that definitely Brock Lesnar will not win because he already has a story being built up with the Fire family. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe me, watch the Royal Rumble. But he, the only person in that ring that does not have a set story that... And he just finished the story, actually, with Kevin Owens. But he does not have a set story for WrestleMania is Dean Ambrose. Right. And he was so, the last remaining soul against Triple H in the Rumble. Exactly. So, what, man, you brought up a great point, Mr. Roman. What if we see, maybe, like, could, could it be that, hmm, that actually the WWE takes a page out of NXT and both Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns are pinning Brock Lesnar at the same time, making them both the winners and heading to WrestleMania in a three-way, which to me, I think would be a perfect main event, if you ask me. I think it'd be great, and it'd be a great idea, and something, something really unexpected, because we all yeah, expect Reigns and Triple H, but why not have a, yeah, sure, th three-way dance, why not? No, because, like you said, you, you know, you got Roman Reigns, obviously, that was robbed of his WWE title, going after Triple H, and then you got Dean Ambrose, which was the last remaining member of the Royal Rumble, going after Triple H. It makes perfect sense. It does, and hopefully we do get something like that, because it would act, definitely add some extra spice to WrestleMania. Speaking about WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan, he was fired from the WWE for some racial remarks he made in a previous conversation he had with some women and so forth and we all know the story the whole bottom line is he got canned for using racial slurs meanwhile many people were forgiving him saying you know this is something that he said a long long time ago and so forth so here comes 2016 2015 hogan was part of wrestlemania he was uh he was a host it was actually for wrestlemania 31 in uh new orleans you were there george and yep. now this is wrestlemania uh, heading into Dallas, then the rumors are swirling, and people knew it. People knew it was just a matter of time, right? That it's not that Hulk Hogan will be completely erased from the world wrestling entertainment. It's just a matter of when he was going to come back, and he felt his sentence. Well, 
Rumors are speculating that Hulk Hogan will somehow, some way, play a role in WrestleMania. George, is Hulk Hogan needed in this WrestleMania? This WrestleMania needs some names. Man, definitely. (laughs) I'm going to have to say this. For the information that we currently know, they definitely need someone like a Hulk Hogan. Because again, if the WWE is trying to set a record of over 100,000 people at the AT&T Stadium, they're not going to do it without proper story, without great matches, without, you know... uh, proper stars and you know and I'm not trying to you know downgrade the current WWE roster but let's be honest with you you know a Roman Reigns will not bring in a hundred thousand people to the AT&T Stadium I'm sorry it's just not going to happen same thing for Brock Lesnar he will not bring a hundred thousand people okay so and not even a Triple H by himself can do it okay a hundred thousand people will not fill up a stadium to see Roman Reigns versus Triple H <laughs> I, I'm just going to be very, uh, very honest with you. Now, if they did that three-way dance, maybe. But then you got, you need that star power. You need that, that added oomph. And a person like Hulk Hogan can do it. A person like Stone Cold Steve Austin. A person like Shawn Michaels, which both of them are, you know, live in the state of Texas, mind you. Rumored, that kind of stuff. Rumored Shawn Michaels know. that he could be part of that three-way dance somehow, being involved as a referee or special guest referee. Yep, as a matter of fact, that offer was pitched, uh, you know, according to rumors, to Mr. Dave Bautista, yeah. which he, which actually he, uh, uh, you know, turned down the offer. Which actually, that would have been a lot, you know, really good sense, considering that Triple H was part, Triple H and, and Bautista were part of the whole evolution. That would have been yep. great. That, that would have been a really good uh, storyline. To be honest with you, if you ask me of who I would want to see as a special guest referee on that match, it, uh, to me, I would love to see someone like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. The, the reason being is because if the, yeah, the, if the rumors are true, you know, on Triple H's side, you're going to have Stephanie McMahon and you're going to have uh, Vince McMahon on his corner. And then on Roman Reigns' corner, you're going to obviously see The Rock. Yeah. And then rumored, apparently, Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. So, who better to control such a havoc than a middleman like Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yeah, you know, don't fine. bring in a person like a Shawn Michaels or a Batista that are connected to these superstars. Bring in a person that just doesn't give a, you know, about both superstars. Very true. We're so, have to wait and see for that. But, George, let's talk about WrestleMania again, but in another way, because... Obviously, we have the main event, we have the big show, but outside of that, there are other shows that are being held prior to WrestleMania. Ring of Honor has a show. Uh, heck, I think, believe even TNA has a show around there somewhere somehow. Uh, GFW, Jeff Jarrett's company, is going to have a show. WWN is going to have a show. Well, TNA and even WWE have reached out to another promotion that has been making making headlines. Talking about Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground, the fact they just announced that they're going to have a season three. Either way, both of these companies reached out to Lucha to see how they can work something out together. Uh, And I think that this is a great, great opportunity if something like this were to happen. And we don't know the status yet. This is all behind doors, of course. But we do understand that Triple H did meet with the folks of Lucha Underground, George. Yep, and that's true. 
and you know, I, I was mentioning uh, off the air. I don't want to say it on the air because who knows that these rumors are right or wrong. Or, or wrong. I don't want to, you know, mess up our credentials here. Uh, but let me just say my opinion on the matter. If this does work out, if the WWE does come up with some sort of an agreement, like they did with the WWN, the, the, the WWE fans and the WWE in general will both win. Here's why. Because the WWE, again, will have a different content, which you and I were talking about it off the air, that they want to make a lightweight, uh, heavyweight um, show on the WWE network, it, it, which you were telling me, Mr. Roman. Yeah. So th they will win in that aspect, business-wise. But as a fan-wise, fans will finally get something that they've always enjoyed since WCW debuted it. Actually, I take it back, since ECW debuted it. And that was the cruiserweight division. So, basically, I think this will be a double win on, on both sides of the party, and I really, really hope that the WWE comes up with an agreement on this. I hope so, too. But, George, before we wrap things up in reality check, how about putting a Goldberg as a special guest referee? You know, there has been rumors that Goldberg was going to be in town for WrestleMania 32 as well. It could be. But then again, look, I don't know if you saw the the tease that Ryback put in on his Instagram, but, but now Ryback's complete look is Goldberg. Yes, <laughs> I did see that. And by the way, uh, just an update. As we started this segment talking about Axel Rodden, he was found dead in a local home mot uh, motel. That's where Axel Rodden... Uh, was found dead. Uh, we're getting more information. He was in a, in a, his authorities are saying he was found dead in a local motel, which was in a bad part of Baltimore. He had been very active on Twitter earlier today, so it appears he passed some time within the past 10 hours, and we're recording this program here in the evening of February 4th. Now, the WWE did issue a statement saying that, basically, sending away uh, their condolences. But the last tweet that Axel Rodden uh, posted was at 8.36 a.m. on February 4th, and he posted, The way I do things may not be the way you do things, but you will find out there is only one way, my way. Axe is truth. That was the hashtag that he put. That was his last tweet, and uh, Axel Rodden has left us. That is pretty much it. That, that's kind of cryptic. It is. As far as... It is very cryptic. You know, I don't want to, you know, uh, throw in any, you know, assumptions, but that that tweet was cryptic, if you ask me. Yes, sir. Very sad. Well, guys, uh, we're now going to welcome Chavo Guerrero here on the program to talk a little bit about his experience, of course, in the WWE and professional wrestling and how his uncle has left a huge impact on professional wrestling and his career. And by the way, before we move forward with this interview, check out the interview with George and Mick Foley on our YouTube channel, currently on right now. And then next week, we're going to follow with an exclusive interview as I sit down with Rey Mysterio uh, on the Roman Show's YouTube channel. So check that out. George, the funniest comment I read about the interview of Mick Foley is, Noel, bang, bang. <laughs> I leave you with that note, man. Let's go to Chavo Guerrero here on The Roman Show. Guys, I know how hard it is to work year-round, day-long, week-long, 
Then you come home and you get all this other stress. Well, let Massages in Space take care of you. That's massagesinspace.com. Check them out. They are located in Miami. All you got to do is buzz. give them a buzz. They'll treat your body right. And trust me, you'll walk out like brand new. Massagesinspace.com. So, Chavo, thanks so much for, for speaking to me here. And I mean, I just want to talk to you about Eddie. You know, more than 10 years ago, he's passed away. And his legacy to this day, it, it almost seems like he's he's still wrestling today because in the arena, you still hear the the people just chanting his name. What is it about Eddie Guerrero that's so long? I mean, we've lost so many greats, but Eddie still remains alive and well in the sport of pro wrestling. You know, it just shows you how good Eddie actually was and how much he actually connected with the fans. Not only was he great in the ring, but, uh, you know, his promos and everything. And he just, he became... Um, you know, just like a three-dimensional character. And what I mean by that is that he just became not just some guy who, you know, came out in a little later on TV. People really connected with him and they really loved him because they saw... He always wore his heart on his sleeve and it came through, you know, through television. And people actually saw that. So that's why they loved him so much. Because, you know, he made him laugh, made him cry, but they just connected with Eddie. He was just a great performer. And when it comes to the, the, the chance, how, how do you feel... Uh to this day, you hear these chants in the arena. You being his nephew, you being a family member of him, sharing the ring with him, tag teaming with him, wrestling him. How does it make you feel? I hate it. <laughs> well, how, do you, how do you think it makes me? How do you think it makes you feel? It feel great. You know, it's kind of it, 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 it's it's a bittersweet. You know what I mean? Because it's uh, you know, you you you're happy that people are chatting and remembering him, but at the same time, you know, it, it makes me miss him more sometimes, you know. Sometimes you just want to just move on, but sometimes it's hard. You can't because, you know, he meant so much to so many different people that it, you know, just is constantly brought up a lot, you know. So it's just, it, it's, I guess it's bittersweet, you know. It's, you know, I'm, I'm happy that people remember him, but at the same time, it's like, um, you know, let's, um, let's move on, you know. It's kind of like, if, if you, have you lost somebody close to you? Yeah, yeah. And I know the feeling. Can you can can you imagine if every single day you went everywhere you went, everywhere you everywhere you went, people asked you about that person. Hey, how do you feel about this person? People that you didn't even know, you'd kind of be like, all right, you know, kind of you just want to move on sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's hard. It's hard. You know, sometimes you want to you don't want to you forget and and not forget, but you want to um, not have to be reminded every single second. Now, what was it about sharing the ring with him, not only as a tag team uh, and winning the tag titles, uh, WWE, and also wrestling with him? Tell me that experience compared to other people that you wrestled in the ring. What was that chemistry you guys had? Uh, I believe that at that time we were the best wrestling tag team in the world. You know, there was nobody that could uh, that could touch us. You know, and that's uh, the chemistry that we had was just was undeniable. And and, and you know, there's he just. Sometimes you just click. It was like magic. Well, when we were in the ring, it was magic. And the Guerreros, you know, I was actually actually in Mexico this week and checked out some Lucha Libre myself. And, uh, you know, the Guerreros, super-duper famous family, uh, made so much for the the world of Lucha Libre. Can you back to the the training of the Guerreros, that legacy they have in the sport of Lucha Libre in Mexico? Can you talk to me a little bit about it? Well, the way that the, the way wrestling is in Mexico really is, is really because 
the, our my family paved the way for that, you know. So and if, and the way wrestling is really today, if you see any any high flying in in, in any other style of wrestling, American style, that's all lucha libre. So really, that came from you know my family was definitely pioneers in that, along with others, of course. But we definitely had you know cemented their legacy in lucha libre and had a uh, uh, um, a part in bringing lucha libre to the world, you know. And training back then, how, how was it? Did you, did you train in Mexico uh, with the family? Did you go down there sometimes? In some of the camps uh, we over had there? Russian, we had, no, we had a wrestling in the backyard. We were the camp. My backyard was the camp. T- take me that back to that. Can, can you take me to that? How was the training? There was no training. We just lived it. Uh-huh. If you're born in the green, if you're born in the green beret, and you did green beret uh, uh, drills every single day of your life, it's not training. You just lived it. That's what we did. It wasn't like I sat and trained and had to go to a wrestling school and had to, um, you know, you know, pay somebody to teach me how to wrestle. I had a wrestling ring in the backyard, so we trained all the time. It, we didn't. It was, it was playing. We weren't training. We were playing. But was it? Was it? Do you have a like a like a schedule, or you just you know no. families got together? We played in the ring. Played in the no. ring. We just won the ring. We just won the ring in the backyard and played around. And which we didn't know we were training for wrestling, but we were just playing. Me and Eddie were just in the ring, playing around and having fun, doing moves and doing this and doing that, and just just the way it was. Yeah, it was like a, it was every day. You you would practice, you would train, practice, play every mostly every day, and for how many hours? Every day, all day. Wow. We stayed in the wrestling ring. Yeah. Every day, all day. That's just the way it was. We, there was no training. We just we played in the ring. Wow. That you know, we go we go we go play basketball. We come back and then we go in the ring and play in the ring. Impressive. Impressive. Yeah, I was actually just there in Ciudad de Mexico in uh, um, Arena Mexico. Is it? Yeah, they they call it the Cathedral of Lucha Libre. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just impressive how how the fans. Um, they're just so into it. It's not. It's not like here, you know, in the states. They're really into it. They're, they're really serious about the the, the, the luchadors, and, and they take hard to it. And oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like a, it's like a religion. Very much so. So with it, let's talk about now with your career, Lucha Underground. Great stuff. Uh, how they've turned this program or this product uh, something different, something new here in the states and. How they've taken this—it's like a, like a movie—and it's just really crazy, crazy, amazing stuff from Lucha Underground. Yeah, you know, everybody, every new organization comes out and says that they're different, and nobody really is. They're all just a little carbon copy of WWE. But Lucha Underground is the first and only one that is different. We we shoot it like a movie. Our wrestling style is different. It's, it's we have a, we're seasonal. We shoot we shoot in on set in, in in Los Angeles in this arena that we made into like a lucha libre arena. That's it. It's totally different. If you've seen the show, you've seen the show. It's it's that is the best wrestling show on TV, bar none. And we tell everybody, hey, and no one else says this. We say, hey, watch ours, watch everybody else's, and you decide. You tell me which better. That's how much how much faith we have in our show and how much we how how confident we are that our show is better than everybody's. You think you're definitely setting the ground here, kind of shifting things around in the world of pro wrestling with this new concept? Absolutely. We're changing pro wrestling, man. We're changing 
slowly, but we're changing that. People, we're, we're switching fans. Fans are called coming into us and, and really comparing us to other people and saying, God, I wish other people did stuff like this. And eventually, they'll, they will have to because they'll see how we do it and they'll have to adapt. And I'm not saying do exactly what we're doing, but have to, uh, um, you know, uh, adapt some of our concepts. And you saw it already, you know, like in the Monday Night Wars when, um, WWF back then was a certain way and WCW would bring in uh, like the luchador style and all like the cruiserweights and all that kind of style well all of a sudden WWE adapted and started changing their style and having you know they, they, they made a light heavyweight belt they made all you know all that kind of stuff so they you know they they they, they take what they like from other organizations and they make it their own so before you, before you know it you'll, you'll see them trying to implement some lucha underground stuff in their show they have to what I really like about the Lucha Underground is is that storytelling. You know, it's so you got that telenovela type of thing in there, but it, it's it it it's just so smooth. You know, and 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 when it comes to battle, then yeah. it comes to battle. But it, it's really smooth how they they join everything together. Yeah, we really tell stories, man. We really, really do. The guys skip chasing and skip films. Really, is great of actually being able to uh, put together some awesome vignettes, and and the writers are so great. So really good. So what what can we expect from this coming season? You're going to see, well, if you like the first season, the second season is going to be even better, man. It's going to be great. Awesome, Tom. Well, thank you so much. I know you got the big uh, Mikasuki uh, event down here with the, the Nasty Boys, and obviously the Legends of Wrestling, and um, sharing the, that roof under with, with other several legends. And uh, what, what can we expect? Are you are you going to be wrestling in, in that card? I believe so. I'm going to definitely be there signing autographs, and I believe I'll be doing some kind of uh, in-ring stuff. But man, you should see, uh, you know, it's, it's the legend show. It's going to be really cool seeing a lot of guys that everybody grew up with and uh, come down for a really cool, you know, cool experience. Get to see some cool matches, uh, some old, some new, and some meet all the legends and people that, that um, you know, paved the way in this business, really, you know? It's going to be a lot of fun. We, we've done this a few different times, and every time there's a great turnout and just really, really good, just, just a lot of fun. Great. And Chavo, the future for the Guerreros, how's it looking? The Guerrero family and wrestling. Oh man, it's always you know what we're we're synonymous with uh, with the with Guerreros and wrestling go together you know like peanut butter and jelly. So uh, you, you know when you find one, you find the other. So that's that's just the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Chavo, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it and um, look forward to seeing you down here in Miami. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in on this episode. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roman 201 Visit our website, theromanshow.com. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash Media, And on our Twitter account, at The Roman Show. You can't get any better than that. If you want to, if you have any information or you want to share some information or you want to contribute to the program or our website, the email is info at the show.com. That's info at the show.com. Reach out to us there anytime and we'll get right back to you. As well as for any advertising opportunities, again, email us at info at the show.com. With that being said, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of The Roman Show. We'll catch you next time. If you haven't been on, you haven't been heard.